Hey everyone, Steve Glenn from the Experience Milwaukee podcast. I have a couple things I just want to say before we start this episode. One is, um, at the end, it might seem a little weird because I cut out some parts that weren't very exciting, but we did make some good jokes then after that, so I left it in, and so when we jump from talking about beer to pool, uh, just go with the flow. Uh, secondly, I wanted to make everyone aware we had Teresa Nemitz from uh, Milwaukee Food Tours on recently, and you know, with everything that's going on, they've definitely had to adjust in how they do things, um, not being able to uh, give tours of the city at the moment. And um, what they've done is really cool shelter and style kits from um, care kits to just Milwaukee-focused, Milwaukee-centric packages that they've put together, and they can really deliver almost anywhere. it's, it's something I think you should check out if you've got time and you've got the resources. Uh, MilwaukeeFoodTours.com. Check it out. See what's happening. Um, and uh, let's help lift uh, another Milwaukee business that's feeling the impact of everything that's going on. And speaking of that, this episode does focus uh, on a, an early stage company that has uh, even in the very early days had to make a pivot. Um, Adam and I sit down with um, Wash B&B. Very uh, interesting concept to start and then becoming a very integrated in the fabric of Milwaukee concept and business uh, being forced into that pivot uh, or creatively forced into that pivot. Uh, very early in in the life of this company. So sit back, take a listen, and looking forward to when we can all get back out there and experience Milwaukee. And now, Black Belt Theater. Wait, what? Wait, what? What's going on? Daniel's Hold on, like, there's a delay. Daniel's like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I got my beer and everything. I'm ready to roll. All right. Look. Do you really? Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, just an MKE IPA. I got a growler feel from uh, Who's on Third. So working on that. Smart. Who's on Third. Yeah, it was free. I donated some food and they gave me free beer. I mean, it's, it's, Win-win. Every, every once in a while in this COVID world, I like run into something and I'm like, all right, I'm not that mad about this. I think I can live like that. <laughs> Free MKE IPA yeah. at, at who's on third, Growler Fills. Like, all right, I'm in. Yes. Especially Growler Fills. That's great. Well, I'm rolling with uh, Indeed again. I've got nice. the Mexican honey, Mexican honey Imperial Lager. Nice. In my neighborhood. 
Yeah, and this bad boy is 8%. Alcohol. Ooh, I don't know what mine is. Uh, mine's from Three Floyds. Yeah, um, it's like 1%. <laughs> Robert the Bruce, <laughs> Scottish style ale. <laughs> it's actually uh, non-alcoholic. Weird. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I bet this is probably, it's like a regular ale. It's probably like 6 or 7%. Yeah, it's generally the Wait, what? Yeah. See, it doesn't say on the can. No, it's a bottle. It does not. I think it was uh, on the box that I got it from, but it's oh. it's not on the can. Those Scottish ales, they like to bump them up. You never know. It could be a 10. It could. Honestly, you're right. Um, and it does taste. You can taste a little bit of alcohol in it when you're drinking it, which leads me to believe that it is probably a little bit higher in alcohol content. But I did. I thought Three Floyds was Wisconsin. It's actually Indiana, Munster, Indiana. Yeah, good old Munster. I could, I'm a little surprised by that. You really screwed that up. I really screwed that up. I should have had yeah. the Enlightened Brewing Cream City Bricks instead. Crap. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always another episode. <laughs> well, if you'll have me back. <laughs> Everything was going great I... until he drank a beer from out of state. I just, I, I ask myself that question every time about having you back. <laughs> every time you hit stop recording on an episode with us, you're like, like yeah. what have I done? <laughs> yep. <Error. laughs> well, uh, everyone, hey, welcome to the Experience Milwaukee podcast. That was the longest non-intro intro ever. Yes, I think it was the best longest non-intro intro ever, too. If and I may be so bold, you may be so bold. I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors. I've got the Transfer Pizzeria Cafe hoodie on right now while we're recording. And that's it. Just that. Wow. Really paints a picture. Yeah. I did have a hat on, but I took that off. <laughs> yeah. Too constricting. It, I felt uh, weird. <laughs> uh, so thanks to Transfer. Thanks to Koss. Koss is amazing. We've got tons of uh, Koss headphones here, stereo phones. Yep. We need to uh, figure out ways to continue to give those away from a distance, from like six yes. feet away. Yes. Maybe a maybe an underarm toss. Maybe we just leave them somewhere, and then we ha- like post a riddle. And people have to find it, like scavenger style. Ooh. Okay. I'm in. <sighs> Had to take a drink. um we have so this is going to be a fun show i think because we've got someone fun on besides you and me right we have daniel cruz from wash bnb hey guys thanks for having me hello daniel Daniel, yeah you already were talking in the beginning of the episode so it's kind of like but if we cut it out this will be a fresh start he's old news already (laughs) (laughs) got it with good taste in beer yeah, with, with really good with taste in beer, yeah. Excellent. Not only excellent taste in beer, but excellent mechanisms to get free beer. <laughs> yes. Just trying out here trying gladly, to survive like the 100 games. I yep. would gladly trade food for beer any day. Gladly. Yep. You can so, survive uh, on beer. You can. You can. You, it, I have. Monks prove it. I am, actually. Yes, monks do prove it. So, uh, Wash B&B is a really interesting story. Um, we're going to, 
I think we're going to, Adam and I are going to pretend like we know nothing about it. We've been looking at all these press releases and articles and websites, and you guys are getting a lot of love, which is really cool. Um, but Daniel, let's pretend like no one on the, sh- on the listening has ever heard of you guys or you. Can you give us some background uh, about, about you a little bit? What brought you to Milwaukee? There's a little hint. Um, and then how Wash B&B came to be. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely start with me and why I chose Milwaukee. So I grew up in Northern California, Napa area, lived kind of all over the country and all over the world after graduating high school. Um, made it back to San Francisco in 2008, worked in beer, uh, managed marketing at Anchor Brewing Company in San Francisco for about three years. And just 2010 to 2015 was a really crazy time in San Francisco. I mean, it was post-recession, but the recession never felt like it hit San Francisco. So it was boomtown. My rent had increased from $2,700 for a 700-square-foot one-bedroom to 3400 And because I didn't work in tech, I really just felt like, you know, everybody worked in tech. Everybody around me was building startups, um, cashing out for millions of dollars, just doing things in a much different uh, way. And I felt really tapped out. Like, how do I participate in this scene? My background is beverage marketing and sales. And we just don't make that much money. We just don't have really the, the opportunities to advance in the marketing ranks that high and to make a quarter million dollars, which is what you need to do to survive in San Francisco. Uh-huh. So luckily I was, I was able to travel a ton for work and, uh, being a beer history nerd a bit and uh, a beer lover, I made it to Milwaukee for the first time for a bachelorette or a bachelor party for my best friend. And we just had the best time ever. It was my first time in Wisconsin. We went to a Brewers game. We went to Packers home opener. We oh stayed at the brew house in in suites. We ate at um, Mater's. We had big giant pretzels. We drank beer all over the city. We visited breweries. Jake Leinekugel welcomed us to Leinekugel's out in Chippewa Falls. We just had like the best trip ever. And I was like, man, I live in a cool city. I've been to a bunch of cool places, but Milwaukee's got it going on. (laughs) And uh, work took me to Chicago pretty frequently. And a good buddy of mine was uh, in charge of the beverage and food program at the, for the brewers and the Packers. And so I would, luckily I was able to come up, take the train up for weekends after working in Chicago and just had great times here. And one of those, Nights, I think we were leaving the foundation, uh, one of my favorite bars in the city, and mm-hmm. kind of like stumbling around River West. And I saw this house, this beautiful house on Humboldt. And I was like, hey, let me check this out on Zillow. We're trying to buy a house in Berkeley for like $800,000 and we can't afford it. <laughs> uh, and just, I pulled up on Zillow and I think it was like $90,000. And I was like, no way. Look at this place. It's old, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. And so I started the process of looking for a place to live in Milwaukee. I just I thought it would be a great place to live. I did my due diligence. I looked at some other markets like Boulder and Durham, North Carolina, and um, some other places. But Milwaukee, just for value, cost of living, uh, location on a beautiful Great Lake, uh, amazing, incredible, friendly people that just do things like differently, um, a real sense of culture in Milwaukee. Um, It seems to be mostly unaffected by globalization or the merging of cultures between the two coasts and things um, that I grew up with. 
and I just really fell in love with the city. And then I discovered a place in Walker's Point that was in my price range and is built in 1851. It's made of cream city brick. And it was like everything that I had knew, <clears throat> everything that I had dreamed about, but never had known about before. And so mm-hmm. I pulled the trigger. I just uprooted from San Francisco and moved here. And nice. I knew this would be a great, I've always wanted to, to start a business. I knew Milwaukee would be a much better place for me to do that. I didn't grow up with a trust fund. Um, the, even like opening a cafe in San Francisco just requires like a whole different level of capital than I had access to. So Milwaukee felt like a great place where I can come and kind of like start over and start fresh and apply my skills. And um, the food and beverage scene here is incredible. That's always been a huge part of my life professionally and personally. Uh, it was centrally located. So Milwaukee just has so much going for it. And I felt like this is going to be the place I want to invest. I chose Walker's Point um, and received just a ton of validation over that for the past four years about uh, the city kind of growing up around me, Walker's Point really taking off right around me. And uh, I stumbled into Airbnb hosting and that actually became my first successful business. I became an Airbnb host in Walker's Point and expanded that. At one oh. point I had four properties uh, I've welcomed like over, I think the last count was like 25, 3,000 guests to Milwaukee in so the last you, four years. Were you buying properties and then airbnb them? Yep. I have a duplex and then I was able to purchase a small single family home, two doors down from mine. And then I actually, because my Airbnb was so popular, I became homeless. And so my girlfriend got tired <laughs> of me living with her. So when my Airbnb was booked. And uh, so I actually got an apartment in Walker's Point and like I lived in this small, tiny, dingy apartment while I built a business uh, hosting people and welcoming them to Milwaukee. So that brings up a really good question. What are some hot tips for people who are new to hosting an Airbnb? Just a couple. You don't have to like give away your secret sauce. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the front end is really great. Like Airbnb does such an amazing job building their category of travel, um, mm-hmm. that you don't have to do a lot to attract people. You have some good photos, you have some good, uh, you have a good location and your pricing is competitive. You'll find your bookings, uh, the back end, the you know, back of house operations, if you will, is where things get dicey and where, uh, you'll experience some growing pains as you grow. So, you know, aside from guest experience and making sure that you're just delivering excellent hospitality to everybody that comes through your door and making it really easy for them to, um, to interact and use your space and use the city and and explore the city. Um, cleanliness is like huge understanding that if you're an Airbnb host, like you're basically working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because if you have guests in your house, they're going to have questions. They're going to come home from the bar at three 30 in the morning, get locked out. (laughs) <laughs> um, your water heater is going to go down the second you leave town. It's happened to me three times. Like every time I leave Milwaukee, something goes wrong with my water heater. Um, and, and then the laundry, like laundry is a huge problem. So I guess that's probably the perfect segue for, um, the wash me and be business. How I, did I, you plan that segue? He, he's methodical. <laughs> that you was know, I have, impressive. I, I, was I have to say, yeah, I have to say, um, a couple of things. One, just the tips of running an Airbnb is timely, especially as a lot of Milwaukeeans prepare for um, doing that during the DNC, which is now in August. Um, The other uh, thing is I just wanted to, to not let this pass by. You as a marketing person for beer 
Uh, that's Adam's dream job, by the way. <laughs> it is my dream job. Yes. So you're Airbnb in, and you come up with an idea. Yeah. Um, the idea was at one point I had like 15 beds under my control. And so every Sunday, imagine people checking out of rooms and houses that have 15 beds in them. That means you need to wash 15 sets of sheets, four pillowcases each. You need to uh, wash the duvets. You need to, if I had 40 guests that weekend, that means I had 40 towels, 40 washcloths, and like 10 hand towels that all needed to be laundered on the same day. If I had guests checking in on Sunday or Monday, everything had to be back in place and ready to go for guests. Um, I try to keep my guests... Um, I try to let them check out at 12 and let the next guest check in at four. So it gives me four hours to do either all that laundry and all the cleaning at the same time and get it ready for the next guest. Or what I ended up doing was um, just kind of like bootstrapping laundry, like finding laundry mats where I can take massive loads of laundry and do it all at once. I called like every company in the book telling them I've got all these loads of laundry and like hundreds of pounds every week. And I like, will anybody help me get it done? And unfortunately I was just too small for their, um, for what they thought laundry was, which was like 150 hotel rooms at a time. Yeah. So there was always this gap in the market between, okay, I'm an Airbnb host. I got scale. It's really inefficient to do laundry in laundry machines. I can get the house cleaned in like an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half but the laundry takes two or four hours or six hours depending on how many beds are in the house. So that was the the impetus. And then I knew I always wanted to do the laundry thing for Airbnbs. But then last November I ran into uh, some folks that were setting up shop in Milwaukee. They were setting up like really high volume apartment style Airbnbs in my neighborhood. And they didn't have a good grasp on what the back end, the logistics and the operations and the laundry problem was going to be. And they were opening in just a month after we met, I went home that night and I said, I got to do the laundry. If I can't, you know, if I can't dig up all the gold, can I sell pickaxes and jeans to the gold miners that are coming here for DNC to mine all the gold for all the thousands of dollars that stays per night they're expecting. And I've uh, heard that. I've heard that so many times now, uh, people, opportunistic people who are seeing that uh, as a pathway. And it's very natural for me, I think, coming from San Francisco. And if you've ever seen any of the marketing around Anchor Brewing Company, Anchor Steam Beer, it was a gold miner brand, like 1880s. It got its start. Um, <clears throat> so I, had, I think I have a little bit of that in my blood. And, and it was pretty easy for me to identify the market and, and say, like, this is such a need. And I started talking to other Airbnb hosts that have way more properties than me, people that have like 80, 100. Oh one, guy, one guy controls like 1,800 in Canada. And started just asking questions and saying, like, you know, are you experiencing the same thing? I met to, I ran into a guy that bought his own laundromat because he was like, I can, I'm doing fifty thousand dollars in laundry every week. Like, I need my own face to do this all. Yeah, smart. <laughs> so it definitely seemed like a need that was out there, and um, I enlisted a couple of of really good friends and people that I know that are uh, diligent and have different skill sets and different views of the world than I do to become co-founders with me and. In January and February, we started putting the pieces together to form Wash BNB. And you're doing this, and all of a sudden, 
Yeah, we uh, we get accepted into G Beta, which is a accelerator for startups run by Generator. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a big moment for us. It was like, wow, here's some real validation. Other people believe in our dream and see a, a real strong business opportunity here that we can scale, <clears throat> start in Milwaukee and scale um, potentially globally. And we had some really big conversations um, after a meeting that we went to, we attended in New York. And to be honest, like things were like riding high. It was about as high as I've ever been in my life on life. You're feeling um, good. Yeah, the team's feeling, feeling good. good. The yeah. team's feeling good. I bartend at the Bucks Arena. I also bartend for the Brewers. So I'm looking at opening day coming up. I'm looking at Bucks playoffs. We got the Cubs oh, in yeah. town last week. I mean, I was looking at. Uh, I quit my I quit my full time job for at G Healthcare in January. So was really looking at like, okay, I can definitely get by on bartending, especially with the sports teams doing so well, and. You know, if I don't make money at Wash B&B for the first six months or a year, like the bartending job will support me. And uh-huh. here we go. Like, let's let's go. We got a great business plan. We got a good idea. And I've got enough money to hopefully make it all happen and maybe attract some investment down the road. And and here we go. And we started the G-Beta kicked off on March 12th. And that was the last like in-person interaction I think that anybody in this world really had in the oh, business world. Man. <laughs> so it was so, like so everything yeah everything kind of comes to a halt and you guys have to figure out what the hell you're gonna do yeah we lost our bartending jobs we lost all of our income we lost our target market if you will for our business plan and so we sat around for a few days really feeling sorry for ourselves for about a week and being like well do we just you know originally i think it was cool like we left new york thinking man we gotta we gotta really work hard and fast to exploit this opportunity and build a product before somebody else does and we were a little nervous of that we thought we thought we were a little behind the need of the marketplace so we've originally looked at this like all right well now we got a few weeks to like build out our use case and our service and get pricing from our suppliers and really and really hit the ground running hard when this ends and then I think after that weekend, we're like, oh, man, this is never going to end. <laughs> like, what do we do? Um, yeah. Kat, my, one of my co-founders, um, she just has an amazing giant heart, and she's in charge of making sure that we're taking care of all stakeholders, um, which means just anybody that comes in contact with our business, whether it be the community, our customers, our employees, um, our customers, guests, like whoever they are, they all just feel like we're creating value for them along the chain. And she identified what we were doing, which is washing and folding our current customers' um, sheets because we hadn't had a chance yet to, to purchase ours and rent them to them. And so she said, if we're already doing wash and fold laundry, what about all these people around Milwaukee that aren't going to have access to laundry mats or they're going to be too scared to leave their homes to go downstairs to the basement laundry in their apartment complex because they may be um, elderly, or they might have some sort of immunodeficient disease where um, if they caught this COVID-19 virus, you know, it was put them at grave risk. Yeah. So laundry is like a need. We consider it a need, even in our wash B&B, our original business focus, you know, the sheets that you sleep in, the towels you wrap yourself into as you get out of the shower, they're really intimate products. Like the clothes you wear, it's about how you present yourself. Um, they touch your naked body. They're just really intimate. So we thought like it would be terrible if, you know, all these people all of a sudden didn't have clean laundry. 
And mm-hmm. so she really put those two together for us. And the next day we kind of like were texting each other in the morning and we slept on it and said, do we just transition to cut like washing and folding people's clothes in Milwaukee and delivering it to their homes and making sure that we weren't, you know, we're following CDC guidelines on laundry care, uh, which I think we got lucky there. We looked up the CDC guideline. They had like a really clear outline of how you treat laundry, even if it's infected and uh, a standard laundry process luckily kills virus, especially this virus really well. So it just, uh, we put them together and five days after that, we had a website where we started taking orders. Man, Man, that's quick. I know (laughs) you're, you're, you're a few months in to, and you know, the G beta program, uh, of, of helping you're a few months into the process, you get into G beta, your focus and your aim is to validate the model you put together and you've already had to pivot. Yeah, completely unexpectedly. And even like the night before I was just like, we looked at doing other people's laundry. It just didn't see, feel like the right business for us. It felt competitive or, um, you know, competing on a price per pound against people that have got way more infrastructure and capital already established and customer list than us. Uh, it didn't feel right, but the virus really sort of made it happen for us. And we just thought we, if we jumped in, we could learn a lot about logistics, about picking up laundry and dropping it off, which we were going to have to do for our wash B&B business anyways. Uh, we can learn about customer acquisition and how easy or potentially hard that would be. And uh, most importantly, we it accelerated our timeline of being able to give back, to support our community. And Brian and I, uh, myself especially, I've worked in hospitality and with bartenders since I was 22. It just, uh, you know, every single person on my Facebook feed is laid off. Every single mm-hmm. person most of the people on my LinkedIn feeds have had some sort of impact to their jobs or are being laid off now. That was really hard for us. We, I, I was turned on to this group called Odd Jobs for MKE Service Workers. And um, I was really like, I loved seeing that three weeks ago, you couldn't get a cook to show up for an interview at any restaurant for any amount of pay. And now all of a sudden, here's 3000 people online sharing that they are ready to do whatever skill they have, whether it be raking your leaves, organizing your basement, detailing your car, cooking you dinner, uh, whatever it may be, they're willing to do that for, you know, a reasonable wage just to put something on their table or to, to bring a little income to help pay their bills as people got through this. Yeah. yeah. So we knew that we could hire people to do, uh, to do the work with us. And we could also give back to the community by providing services, by doing things like waiving delivery fees for people over 60 or people that are immunocompromised and accepting donations. So we can do laundry for people for free that just can't, frankly, can't afford it. So how, how is it going then? How, I mean, is, is business, how is business? Business is definitely slow right now. I think that we, have identified a need in the market, but I think we may have gone about it a little bit the wrong way. I think we're just not reaching the people yet um, that need our service. I think our Facebook feeds, uh, which is naturally where you start when you start a business that's you know delivering things to consumers, you're like, hey, all my 1,100 friends, I'm going to share this to you. Please like it and then share it to your friends. 
Um, yeah. I think, it, I think it turns out that a lot of those people have laundry at home and then everybody's stuck at home. So they're like, Hey, I don't really need to, to drop the you know $20 a bag on laundry right now. I could probably uh-huh. just do it myself. Um, so I think we're, we're working on finding strategies to get our message into people's homes that don't have access to laundry in their home. And I think they're just their habits of consuming media and, um, online use and things are just very different than, than ours. So I think we're, we're looking on that, but we do have a couple of paid orders in the books and we have a few free orders in the books. Um, and I think what really validates that, that we're just missing the right people right now is that if you go to our website right now, you can literally order laundry. We'll come do it for you for free. Cause we have about $1,300 in donations already. Um, uh-huh. and we've only had two takers so far in about seven days now. So. Well, hopefully this will help get the um, the message out um, that if you are if you are struggling and you are out of uh, your job, that this is a a great way to have clean clothes. Well, you, well, you have to yeah. sit around the house, unfortunately. <laughs> or um, you know, if if you're in a place where you can't, you literally cannot leave to get out to do that, you have an option. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, absolutely. We've I've talked to lots of people who live in apartment buildings where uh, they do have coin laundry in the basement, or there's a laundry mat really close by. But even the laundry mats are a little they're a little weirded out by what's going on. They they don't want mm-hmm. more than five people at a time inside the stores. They're asking you to fold everything at your home instead of on the in, you know in the store. So you know you're dealing with wrinkles and, and things like that as well. So Daniel, after all of this. Um has finally passed who who are going to be your your ideal customers you know i'm not sure that we believe in the wash and fold home delivery service long term i think if we if we find a niche and we're able to develop the business um, into something that is profitable for us um, by all means i think we'll take it and we'll we'll count it as another division um, I don't. I don't think we think it's as scalable, and it doesn't necessarily line up with our ambitions of identifying sort of a new category to develop, um, as, as it is with the Airbnb business. Um, however, so having said that, if there's a way, if this is the way that Wash B&B gives back to communities and supports people that even absent of coronavirus pandemics don't have access to laundry, I think we're going to keep looking at it. If we can find, you know, bigger partners or uh, nonprofits to work with, I think that this is definitely going to be an avenue that we, that we look at exploring um, and potentially taking to other communities as we expand down the road. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think as someone who has, um, who's worked with entrepreneurs for the past decade, this is kind of near and dear to my heart. The story is, is, um, it's 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 probably a, one of the more serious topics we've had on the podcast. Yeah. I'm glad we talked about um, all the things you love about Milwaukee. You did a really good job in the beginning of, of answering a lot of the questions about you know why Milwaukee, why it's great, why it's great for you, what you love about it, things you love to do. Um, I think it it probably it makes more sense instead of trying to circle back on some of those things because you hit them so well i think how does the community continue to help you guys and or how do they get in touch and where do they go yeah awesome um washbnb.com is our website 
uh, it was hastily thrown together. We hired somebody from the Facebook group to build out a Squarespace uh, website for us, and she was awesome. Yeah, um, it looks great, and by the a way. Contact us page there. There is um, all our social media accounts are connected there. Um, and you could just really, if you just Google search wash BNB, all one word, um, like sort of like Airbnb, but uh, substitute the air for the wash. Um, my lawyer's going to yell at me for that one. But um, <laughs> you can connect with us there. You can share. We've got a GoFundMe up. Um, where we're actively collecting donations. It sounds weird to be a for-profit business asking for donations. We totally get that. We did not have time to, to properly vet and source a nonprofit partner to collect those with. Um, but essentially what donating to Wash B&B means is that you're supporting two groups of people, one, families that don't have access to laundry, and two, out-of-work service industry professionals that we pay their wages. Um, I will tell you flat out, there's not a lot of margin in this game for us, and we are not keeping any of the donated funds as any sort of profit. Um, all that money goes into the cost of doing the laundry, the laundromat partner, and the gig workers that we're hiring to pick up and deliver and also do the washing. That's really cool. I've, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I've, I've got countless friends in the in the industry, and uh, my my family and I, we've contributed to some of those other GoFundMe's. We've tried to order, you know, food at curbside. So the fact that they've got another outlet through Wash B&B uh, is just really cool. Thank you. Yeah, we've been doing the same. It's been, I've got lots of friends in the restaurant industry and I, I think we said earlier, maybe before we started recording, like every once in a while I run into something that's like, all right, if I got to live like this for a few months, I'm not going to be mad. If I can get you know, Sanford meal for four for $65 out the door, enjoyed at home, <laughs> you know, right. with my family. like, all right, I think I can handle this for a little while. Uh, last night, Amelinda, um, Greg and Ori at Amelinda did a Italian night. And like, it was the first day the sun had come out. I think everybody's spirits in the Midwest were just like hitting all time lows. The sun came out and then my girlfriend and I got Amelinda for dinner the food was incredible. We enjoyed it at home and it, it really brought back a little bit of like light to my heart saying like, okay, this isn't ideal, but restaurants are going to survive this eventually because anything that makes you feel this good inside is got to persevere. It's got to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I think there's, you know, some silver lining here for hospitality and restaurants. Like we're proving our worth. Um, traveling in Airbnbs is never going to go away exploring local cities like you know landing in walkers point milwaukee having no idea what that means and then realizing there's five breweries within a mile and a half there's two distilleries there's countless restaurants that serve awesome food they're all independently owned and operated like wow that's cool and i don't think that ever goes away i like that you started with the important stuff first beer yeah hey uh i, I have one last question before we cut you loose being a beer guy, what, where's the last, besides your, you, you just got a growler, right? Yep. But besides that, where was the last place you went for a brew and what brew was it? Oh, that's a good question. All right, let's make it easier. 
Walker's Walker's Point, where are you going? Uh, Indeed Brewing Company. I recently was there for the Walker's Point Association meeting, and they had a Walker's Point um, fundraiser going on. Like I think they donate a couple bucks from every beer they sold. Uh, so I attended that and drank my body weight in beer. Gave back <laughs> at the same time. It was probably on a Wednesday. Yes, I believe it was. Yeah. We moved uh, our community gathering to Wednesday to accommodate their uh, promotion schedule. I got to admit, I was a little like, uh, I was a little bitchy. I was a little <laughs> bitchy about them. I was like, what, what do you, what are you coming in here from Minneapolis or Minnesota? Oh, really? Yeah. That... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, a couple of things I'll say. One is they're brewing there on site. Two. Yes, they are. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So two, they have they have good beer. The third thing is they are super responsive. There are other uh, breweries in the city that we have reached out to. We haven't heard anything from. I heard from the CEO of Indeed within two days of reaching out. They get hospitality for sure. Yeah, they sure do. And they have a fourth thing, beautiful space. (laughs) Fourth thing. Are are you good at pool? I'm terrible. Brian smoked (laughs) us all. All right, fine. We played cutthroat and he won every game. That's hard to do in cutthroat because, you know, we played, there's, you know, people get in with scratching. Yeah, he just smoked us. Good. Uh, Brian's never invited over, but you can come over anytime. <laughs> anytime post-social distancing, let's not offend people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so as soon as this is over, you can come to the home studio. Adam lives right down the block from me. I have a yep. pool table. We'll just destroy you in pool several times and we'll record a podcast. <laughs> I don't even think we'll you'll, – you'll probably be competitive with us or, or Steve will just destroy us because I'm terrible as well. Oh, good. Then you're both invited for sure. <laughs> I'll bring, we'll, I'll, we'll I'll, live, bring we'll live podcast. That'll be yeah. one where there's a lot of cursing. <laughs> and we'll get Damn it, see. Steve! We got to invite the CEO of Indeed. Yeah, let's yes. invite the CEO of Indeed as well. Yeah. Full circle, we all... actually. Um, they stayed at my Air, one of my Airbnbs when they came to originally scout their locations and start the build out, which is pretty cool. Um, no yeah, they, yeah, they totally get hospitality. Them and Kickapoo Coffee, for whatever reason, like two brands that I love. Oh um, yeah, and then from the Midwest, and they both have stayed at my Airbnbs when they came to set up shop in Milwaukee. It's kind of cool. That is cool. That's all right. Awesome. Well, uh, look, I think that's a great way, great spot to end. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much. This was really cool. Adam, thanks uh, as always for being a great, uh, a great host. You're, you're, <laughs> I do it again. Amazing. Yeah, you do. <laughs> thanks. All right, so. We'll promise to regroup uh, at least once uh, soon, and then uh, for sure once again after that, so I can destroy both of you in pool. <laughs> Great, can't can't wait. Skinny drunk on the game. <laughs> <laughs> right. Besides beer, uh, there's a pretty decent whiskey collection here. Ooh, we have to compare notes on that on the next podcast. Yeah. All oh, right. Sounds yeah. good. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. 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 B